0: About ten minutes of music, so yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. So it's like so fourteen barely.
1: <laughs>
0: oh God, shut the fuck up, woman!
1: <laughs> oh, good. I'm having fun.
0: Fuck you and you. And you. All right. Here we go. Welcome to the only podcast.
2: <laughs>
0: Never mind. <laughs> Let's try that again. Anyway, three minute mark. Yay. <coughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> This is a cursed episode, y'all. <laughs> so fucking cursed. It's
1: so fucking hilarious. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the only podcast where we are crazier than the life you deal with daily. This is the Madhouse, and we present you Group Therapy. I'm Joker, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jordan. Hello, everyone. Fuck, what an intro. I'm
1: dead. (laughs)
0: Oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> this is what happens when we don't do this for 2 weeks. Yes, it is. 14 fucking days. Oh. It's been since our last one. Yeah. Life is getting hectic.
1: It it really is.
0: Like I have just finished editing and ready to post 2 episodes ago. Yeah. Well, the next two episodes, so, uh, what was it, 15, 16? Uh, yeah, because yeah. Wolverine was, is technically going to be 17, this is 18. So, yeah, I just finished today processing those two. And I haven't I- even gotten the transcript yet for them, nor have I sent out one for anybody. Oh. <sighs> But, here we are. Thank you, Suga, for the lovely follow of the podcast channel. Um. But yeah, so here we are. So for those of you joining us, this is Madhouse Presents Group Therapy, where we talk about anything that is geek or nerd. Um in Jordan's absence, one time I started talking about the Star Trek universe, and currently we are on the X Men cinematic universe. We have covered six movies so far, up until this one. Come on, I got the list. What am I talking? I know. About I was going to say,
1: wait a minute, I'm about to count this off, but like you have the whole list right there.
0: <laughs> I have the list. So let's go back. All right. So that's Phasma. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you're just now joining us, uh, we also have a YouTube channel where you can go check out past VODs minus one that I are because I haven't uploaded it yet. But all our past VODs are going to be available on the YouTube channel. You can find us by looking up MHP Group Therapy on YouTube. Uh, also, on all your audio devices, you can uh, find us there. Do you remember any of them, Jordan?
1: What the movies?
0: No, the. Um, oh, the l- platforms.
1: Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Red Circle, Twitch,
0: Radio Public, Radio Public, and the Stitcher,
1: and the Stitcher. Okay, yeah, no, those are the only two I actually didn't know.
0: Okay, so yeah, this is, so currently on YouTube, there's uh, the coverage of five movies, plus our when Owls was with me, uh, when we did Phasmophobia stuff, and just talking about ourselves, which we just need to do an episode one day where you talk about you, because you haven't really introduced yourself to the audio listeners
1: no, not really. I just kind of just... Ding, so... up out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. So one of these days on an offshoot, we'll get you over here and do that. Yeah. And just record it and bullshit. We can do that. Just have a bullshit one. Because we haven't had one of those in a while.
1: No, we've been very, like, task-oriented.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so today we'll be talking about <laughs> Days of Future Past. Um, previously, the last one we did two weeks ago was The Wolverine, which was the standalone movie for Hugh Jackman playing the character Wolverine, or Logan, um, which played off of X-Men Origins storyline. However, this one is really where we're starting to see the variation in the timeline from the old cast to the new cast. Yeah. And this is actually the only one I think that has, outside of Logan and Xavier, it's the only one that has both sets of characters in them, like uh, Charles, Eric, Storm, Um, and then of course, Logan, uh, Kitty, Mm -hmm. this is her last appearance as well. Bobby, Bobby. Um, I still don't know if that was confirmed that that was pyro. Though
1: I don't think it was because he had his, when he went full flame, I'm just going to call it that until we actually know who he is. He kind of like had like the surface of the sun.
0: So, more like um, the Human Torch from the Fantastic Four.
1: Yeah, but I just, I don't know. Sunspot. That's his name, Sunspot. Looked like the surface of the sun. Yeah, okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, there we go. All right. All right, so, um, we're going to do this one different. We're not going to be as structured, and we may jump around a little bit just trying to all the pieces together, but we're going to talk about kind of our favorite spots in this movie because this was the first time you said you've seen this, was tonight. Yes. And we had to jump around for time purposes.
1: Which is fine because we, we basically watched like the, the major, like the important mm-hmm. stuff.
0: Yeah. We watched, uh, I tried to make sure that when we jumped around it was all the main uh, turning points in the movie that made the the story plot kind of stick around. Plus of course we've yep. got the wiki as usual um here.
1: Yeah, so if we miss anything it's probably right. Yeah. Right
0: there. So it starts out in the in the future future at that time mm-hmm. which we did the calc- or I did the calculations while we were watching it. Technically it's right about now is when this future happens.
1: How eerie is that? When you figure that out, and it's just like, that is what's happening. And and so it's just like, whoa.
0: Because this, <laughs> this came out when? Um,
1: 2014. 2014.
0: 2014. So this, whoa, calm down. Don't, 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 don't do nothing, keyboard. All right, anyway, yeah, 2014 um, is when this came out, and... It was talking about the distant future being 2020s. Yep, yeah. days of future past 2014. Because he went back in... Or So, basically, the Sentinel program is in full force. All the uh, mutants are all but extinct at this point.
1: Yeah, or captured. Pretty
0: or much. captured. Um, and... It's basically the second Holocaust, but this Holocaust was for mutants instead of Jews or anybody against the Nazi regime
1: and any humans that helped, yeah mutants or mutant or humans who had who had the uh, gene yeah, the gene to pass it on yeah, so that's basically yeah that's cool, boy
0: so we are roughly about the 2020s and it's showing the extinction level event with the sentinels and what's interesting is right before it cuts to the theatrical beginning or cuts to the title scene where it shows the title of the movie Mm -hmm. um there's a mute what we can presume as a mutant child in a grave, a mass graveyard with burned and mutilated bodies. Yeah, and he's un- he sees something shiny. He they see something shiny, and he they kind of wipe it off, and it's actually the belt buckle of one of the X Men uniforms. Yeah, because you see the abdomen and then the belt buckle.
1: I thought that was Colossus.
0: It might have been.
1: I, th- I thought that might have been him because. But then, well, I thought it was, and then we see him alive, like, in the next scene.
0: Yeah. So, like... But, again, the next... Well, yeah, yeah, you're right.
1: So, I'm just like, I thought it was him at first. then we see him in the next scene. I'm like, oh, wow, that's somebody else. And I'm
0: like... But it's definitely one of the X-Men.
1: Oh, definitely. Wholeheartedly, yeah.
0: And so, talking about the next scene is when, of course, Kitty, Bobby, Colossus... Um, who was it? Was that Jubilee? doing the portals blink blink okay warpath and bishop are all in a bunker in moscow in moscow of course a very destroyed moscow yeah um and then the drop ships from the sentinel uh batch come in drop three sentinels and find them in the bunker Mm -hmm. uh Kitty and Warpath are running off to get into a safe. Was no, it That
1: that was um,
0: Bishop? Uh, Bishop That's right. Warpath
1: was the one with the streak across his. Thing.
0: That's there. right. I forget that they did that to him. Okay, so Bishop who can absorb energies. Yeah. And um turn or basically push it into a gun of sorts.
1: Yeah, I don't know what his deal is, but I'm very curious.
0: So, anyway, he they run off. Him and Kitty run off into a safe, and she persists to use her one of her abilities mm-hmm. to push him back. I think a few days. I think they said it was. Excuse me, a few days, and warn him. But it takes a minute, and in the process, Colossus is the first to die. Yeah. Because this ver- or this generation of Sentinels has Mystique's power. Right. And they can absorb or mimic powers. Right. But one thing that's different that I don't remember from the later versions of the Sentinel Army is that they can communicate that across each other. Because it showed that when, yeah. when they were fighting uh, Sunspot and Bobby... Yeah. Iceman, one absorb or the one that was fighting Bobby transferred that power over to the one that was fighting Sunspot, and they used the opposite power to each other. Yeah. But whereas think... the one that's fighting Colossus just absorbed his power. Yeah. And used it on, it, on Colossus himself. Yeah. So that was interesting.
1: That was interesting. Because cool. I
0: remember from the comics, they when they they weren't more borg in their collective mind but they were singular where they could absorb the power for themselves and the more powers that they absorbed um then they became a more powerful sentinel that's where we get the mega uh sentinel that is all famous in the in the yeah. face and everything that we recognize yeah and that was why I was like, wait. Even when I first watched this movie back when it was um, a thing, I was like, wow, that's crazy. (sighs) Yes, fun fact. The guy who plays Iceman has a twin who is in the DC stuff.
1: Yeah, he uh, played Jimmy in Smallville?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: I didn't realize that. <laughs>
0: um, but this is also another uh kind of fun crossover because this is also the first movie in the X Men cinematic universe that we see another character or the first character to truly cross over into the Marvel cinematic universe.
1: Oh, um uh uh, uh gonna make me blush. Um Peter, right?
0: Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes, our lovely little speed demon.
1: I, that was, I was not expecting that.
0: Yeah, so I was talking earlier on in the series how we only have really one person who crossed over between the two cinematic universes. Yeah. And it was the guy that plays our resident Marvel speedster. Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Or... Jimmy? No, not Jimmy. Um, Peter. Peter. Thank you. But it's um, Scarlet Witch's brother who shows up in this. And it actually plays to the theory or the lure that um, Magneto spawned Petro and Wanda... Yeah, Maximoff.
1: Like, yeah, it's like in this universe, and in, in this in uh, in this timeline or whatever, um, he actually is their father. Mm-hmm. And I really wish we had like gone more into that because that would have been really awesome. But they can't, or they and won't. they didn't
0: really directly state it either. They, when Quicksilver first meets Magneto in the breakout scene. Um, Their faces was hilarious. He's like, hold on, my mother once knew a guy who could manipulate metal.
1: <laughs> and then Eric's face is just like...
0: Wait, what? <laughs> who the
1: fuck? <laughs> Peter? Peter is Quicksilver in... In this movie. In these movies, instead of Pietro. Pietro is more the Avengers Yeah, um, so world. the Marvel
0: Cinematic Universe. Yeah. But um they call him Peter here. And so it kind of plays to that lure that exists of Magneto is their father.
1: Yeah. Which I really liked. Which sets up for Apocalypse, which is further down the road.
0: Yes. Actually I think it's the next movie.
1: I thought Deadpool was next.
0: Oh yeah, Deadpool One is next. You're right. Deadpool and in the then in Apocalypse, the release. Right? Yeah. All right, so the breakout scene. The breakout scene, of course, um, this is following currently the timeline after uh, first class Yep. or the events after first class where...
1: What, five years?
0: Roughly, yes.
1: Okay, so we tried to do the math for
0: it. Yeah, we tried to do that math. It didn't work out so well. Anyway... um, Excuse me, audio listeners, we have a (laughs) live stream chatter who decides to deduct points when the movie, (laughs) its fucking self, calls him Peter.
1: (laughs) Peter Maximoff. We will call him Bob. (laughs) I got my phone out for a reason. Oh, that's why I got my phone out.
0: My name is Jim. Fucking group. Anyway, so breakout scene. Yes. Alright, so in this, um in the times leading up to here, before they send Logan back, mm-hmm. um Magneto is accused of killing Kennedy. Right. And in that uh he is imprisoned in the concrete bunker underneath the Pentagon. Right. So, they've got to break him out after Logan goes back and finds out that Charles is using Hank's serum serum Mm -hmm. that gave him the ability to walk, but also took his telepathic abilities away. Right. Or his mutant abilities, in a sense. And He's got to do the whole spiel where he convinces him, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, how are we going to get him out? And then that's when Logan talks about Petro. Peter. Peter. (laughs) And they go to his house. They drive to his house, find him, and um, convince him. So now they're at the Pentagon. Um. Oh my god, the Pentagon scene was hilarious cuz they start out as tourists.
2: Yeah. And
0: Hanks got a little gray box and broadcast
1: show tunes.
0: Show tunes <laughs> to the security uh team, which is hilarious. And I thought I thought that was absolutely ingenious. It's just Daytime TV back then in the 70s.
1: And like when all that is going on inside that office and they're like screaming for maintenance, there's the one guy, there's just one just guy chuckling. who's just enjoying watching this. And I was just like, I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. So now we are, they get him out. Well, let, let, let's, uh, let's back up for a second. So they work their way down. Quicksilver is just casually walking, gets in an elevator with one of them, mm-hmm. and fucking zips his ass up. With duct tape. With silver duct tape.
1: Like, at wholeheartedly. I'm pretty sure that was the whole roll.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it had to be. Like it fucking had <laughs> like, to be the whole roll. I
1: mean, that guy had been about, what, six foot something? And, like, the entire, like... Two
0: hundred? Like,
1: yeah, pounds. like head to toe, basically, except for like his forehead just covered.
0: Yeah, just enough for him to breathe.
1: Yeah, just enough.
0: <laughs> in the corner of the elevator. Now, what what was hilarious is he walks in, nothing's amiss, and then as as he slides the tray down into the cell, the glass and concrete cell, which is interesting enough because they they say it was there was no steel in this but the common practice for pre 70s like pre-war yeah. for this bunker was still to use rebar and rebar is steel cuz you can't just do solid concrete because they were worried about um Vibrations from nuclear blasts. They were worried about earthquakes. All this other shit.
1: It was concrete, sand, and something else. Because I know they were giving um, uh, Hank and Charles were giving a description of where he's being held, and I know that it's like it, sand they, and concrete and everything. But they said no. Well, he said something else, but I can't remember what it was.
0: Yeah, but that that was what <laughs> threw me off was because during that time in the forties, because it was post World War II. Yeah when they allegedly built this bunker, it would have had rebar in it. But see, that's the thing. Fiberglass wasn't a thing back in the 40s and 50s.
1: Hemp rebar?
0: There's no second B in there, so barb is not a thing. Shut up. (laughs) Anyway, so... He slides the tray down, he says, Mind the glass. And then that's when Quicksilver does his speedster stuff and just ultra vibrates the glass until it breaks. Right. Now he uh he goes in, he's like, here, he's what are you doing? He's holding his head. Yeah. He's like, so you don't get whiplash. He's like, what? whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It was like, damn. they had, had Brutal.
1: They had some really good funny scenes in that that played off like just perfectly well. Oh, yeah. They they did really good this movie.
0: Well, I think that's why they brought him back in um, WandaVision was because of his how well he was liked during this
1: oh wholeheartedly yeah it explains it though why they brought it back and it's just like perfect
0: all right so <laughs> they wait for the guards and they speed past them of course get back to the elevator and that's when you see Eric like almost throwing up
1: yeah, He's like oh, <laughs> he's like, don't worry, uh, that'll pass. That'll pass.
0: And then, of course, first thing when the elevator opens, they see uh, Eric sees Charles. He's like, "What?" And then, of course, Charles just goes in for a sucker punch.
1: That was good.
0: That was a good one. That was good. Because you can see he's not used to being on his feet anymore. Yeah, and he's definitely not used to physical violence because he was such a pacifist.
1: Yeah, that was good. <coughs>
0: So um, they get past that part, and then guards show up, and then the infamous Quicksilver scene in the movie where Charles can't use his powers because the medicine or the uh, drugs haven't worn off yet.
1: Yeah. Because, like, at first, you know, Magneto's, like, you know, saying, Charles, Charles frees him, and he goes, I can't.
0: Yeah, so... That's when Magneto throws up at all the kitchen kitchen stuff, all yeah. the pots, pans, and everything, and then Quicksilver uh, starts his super speed uh, scene where he's running around the room and doing stupid shit.
1: Like I, I love how it just like just touches one guard's cheek
0: and it ripples,
1: and, and and like as soon as everything comes up, it sends him flying, like.
0: Just oh, the yeah.
1: Basic, just, just a little bit of force, and it's like, boom.
0: Yeah. And so I was like, damn, that's awesome. So now we are out of there, and let's see. I think this goes over because they're talking about what Raven's going to do at one of the meetings. Where she's in the normal timeline, she's going to kill... um, Trask. Trask. Little midget guy who develops the Sentinels. Well, instead of that, they interfere. And (laughs) Magneto actually shoots Raven.
1: Yeah. In the leg.
0: In the leg. And they still get her blood because she bleeds on the... Uh, like
1: it's like one drop on the street.
0: Yeah. But that's uh, it's enough for DNA and Not all right. The seventies was right about the time DNA was starting to be developed or understood. Yeah. So they um what the fuck are y'all talking about?
1: Us <laughs> pretty much us. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Fucking idiots, I swear. Anyway, um, so we get in into it, and they are... They are um, now separated because they had to split from each other after that debacle yeah. of a scene. And... As they're trying to recollect, Magneto runs into Raven, or Eric runs into Raven in the subway, Mm -hmm. and she's about to kill him, and that's when she finds out the truth about uh, Logan being uh, sent back.
1: Yeah, the future, what the future will be if she does what she is hell-bent on
0: doing. Well, mostly it was more of the reason why Magneto decided to try to kill Raven.
1: That too, yes.
0: Cause and then it was like it doesn't really matter now because they still have your DNA.
1: Yeah. But I love the the chemistry
0: between the two actors. Yeah
1: well between well between the two of them, between Magneto and Mystique. Like it it because from first class to this, we don't see or hear anything until afterwards. And so when we see them together again, and you, go, and, you know, Eric goes, we haven't been this close in a long time. Like, the the chemistry between them went farther than what we had seen. Like, we knew there was admiration. We knew there was, like, chemistry building mm-hmm. in first class, but it just, like, grew.
0: Even more so.
1: Yeah. So I kind of like how... That went.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they just added on to what was already there. Yeah. Now, when... When that separated, I actually was doing something else. I can't remember at this point, but... Came in here. Yeah, because I was getting ready. I was setting all this up. So, you should have had... Uh, let's see. Where is that?
1: We, I think it went to. Oh, he
0: went back and got his helmet. After that.
1: Yeah, he went to get his helmet and.
0: Because I think this was at not at Trask, but at the Pentagon, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, because I made that comment of he was just there, and now yeah. he's back.
0: So he got his helmet. You saw angels' wings.
1: Yep, um, Havoc's chest piece.
0: Yeah, because uh, Alex is was in Vietnam. Yeah. And he had better control over his powers because he was able to, when they first met the young striker during the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. he used his energy out of his fist to... Um, to knock down Striker when he was about to kill Mystique.
1: No, when Mystique was about to
2: kill him.
0: Oh, that's right. She had the gun. Mm. She took the gun from him. Yeah. So, yeah, that was an earlier scene where before Mystique met up with everybody, she was actually going to kill Striker when she was trying to release uh, Toad Poison. I can't remember the Poison's guy's name, but the one with the.
1: I want to call him like Nuke because he had the.
0: Yeah, or the, the New Yeah, uh, the biohazard.
1: Yeah, the biohazard tattoo on his hand, and it. Moved. But his
0: major tattoo was on his face, which was a a crow or yeah. a raven type crow on his face in a tribal style. Yeah, he um he was also shown as an older version in the twenty twenty three Holocaust style
1: captured along with everybody else. Yeah,
0: cuz he had the marker on his on the back of his head or the, the I guess the beacon.
1: Yeah, I guess to suppress his powers.
0: Yeah. And then you could see the tattoo on an old man's face.
1: Yep. And then another guy, I don't know what his deal was, but like his eyes changed to like And they got fully, sick. No, that was no. Oh the- no,
0: he was able to manipulate them.
1: Like they passed out or something. I don't know if they actually ended up dying, but like they, like his eyes went black and
2: then their, their eyes. eyes went whoever
0: black. he was looking at, it was yeah. two of them side by side. So yeah. it's probably his attack or his abilities probably limited to range. Yeah. So, but he was able to um, control them for a brief moment, and then they passed out. Yeah. Um, then of course, Alex Summers, Toad. Biohazard, I guess, yeah. and then the pass out one.
1: And then whatever his name is, I don't know what, I yeah. don't know who, I don't know who he was. Yeah. That was the last time we saw him.
0: Yeah, cuz it was at the first scene as an older version and then that was the last younger version in this movie.
1: That was Biohazard. Yeah. Yeah. The other one he like he had like Bikes coming out of his head.
0: Yeah, like a porcupine. Yeah. Now, he was in first class. Mm-mm. One of them were, other than Toad. It was Toad and one other Alex. one. No, I'm saying one of the other ones outside of Alex in, uh Mystique. Mm-mm. Yeah, in the church scene, the cathedral scene, they were in there.
1: No, that's a different guy. Are you talking about in Last Dan? Yeah. No, that's a different guy. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because the one you're t- I know exactly who you're talking about. I called him Porcupine. But it, like his name was Spike. But that's all he could do was spikes come out of his body and his face, and that was it. Mm. This guy had something to do with his eyes, and it did something to somebody else, but he did have the spikes come out of his head. But mm. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. His name was Daniels. Which one?
0: All right, so that was at the beginning. Now we're back. Let's come back. Let's bring it back a little bit. Let's go back to the uh, Paris Accords. So this is where the timeline deviates. Right. Because Raven was supposed to kill Trask, and that's what was supposed to jumpstart the program. Mm -hmm. But instead... It just threatened and they showed face to the world and this is when um, everybody in the world knows openly about mutants now right Nixon's in office, and they um, they decide all right, well, this is a threat for obvious reasons Mm-hmm. they can all do very uh drastic things mm-hmm. Trask is playing this up right.
1: Oh, he's he's just... Oh, God, yeah. He's milking it for everything. He's making it 10 times worse than what it actually is.
0: Yeah, so they're... By the time they're talking about it, they're in the White House, and they are trying to uh, kind of pull the most pacifist president we've ever had into an agreeance of starting this program, which he ends up doing. Right. And he claims he wants um, Mystique because of her abilities, blah, blah, blah. And this is after, in the laboratory, he was able to uh, look at her genome and realize that this is what can set us ahead decades. Yeah. Yeah. And he was talking to uh, Stryker at that point. Now, Mm -hmm. talking to Stryker, Stryker's kid is about 10 in the 70s.
2: -hmm.
0: And Trask doesn't know that Stryker's kid is a mutant.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But Stryker should know he's a mutant by now because I think he's starting to show at that point.
1: And it's kind of ironic that Trask, you know, the future that he's basically creating you know with even humans like regular people
0: is eliminating that
1: is yeah like even people who carry the gene which is striker
0: yeah because he caused it in his son
1: right because it i think it was in the second movie it was confirmed that the males carry the mutant gene, so it's it's kind of ironic. Well, it's
0: the same way. I mean, it's based on the the standard concept that males carry the genetic code that cause you to be male or female, biological. Yeah. Biologically, so that's what they're playing off of is that same concept that the male carries the gene, and the male, how the male genome affects the child in the embryo state is what causes them to be who they are.
1: Right, and Trask has no idea. So either Jason's abilities hadn't come through yet, or...
0: Yeah, because he didn't really seem concerned when he looked at Trask and was like, you really hate mutants, don't you? Yeah. Like, it was just a generic question to him, and he's like, no, not really.
1: But could you imagine, though, if if
0: Trask
1: actually knew what Jason could do? Because Jason can put images in people's heads. Yeah. That A psychosomatic along, effect. Yeah, that and along with Raven's abilities, he could literally the Sentinels would be able to stop fool all everybody thinking that they're safe and get them like that like in an instant. Mhm. So I'm thinking that Jason's powers hadn't developed, come, yeah, developed y- yet to that point.
0: Yeah. Because typically in, in the X-Men universe, their powers don't really show until puberty anyway. Yeah, cause Unless something tra- uh, drastic happens. Yeah,
1: because like Charles his started when he was nine.
0: Yeah, and that was confirmed during this movie because that's how Logan catches his attention. Right. It, they started when he was nine, but he didn't start to understand them until he was 12. Right. Which conflicts with first class because... He didn't look 12 in first class when him and Mystique or Raven first meet.
1: He might have been small for his age.
2: Oh, yeah, I guess.
1: I mean, that's how they could play it off as is that he could he could have been small for well, his. Well, what age.
0: about Mystique cuz they're about they were supposed to be about the same age.
1: Well, when you think about it, she could have been born that way, because of her genetics.
0: Also, they talked about how she ages a lot slower than everybody else, too.
1: So she, yeah. So she could be older than, than what we look when, what we've seen.
0: True. I didn't think about that.
1: Plus, also, you got to think about it like Azazel. He's flat out red, but like canon-wise, Nightcrawler is biologically Azazel and Mystique's son. Yeah, and he was born. Looking like a Zazel, but blue. Yeah. So...
0: Well, more of a purple.
1: Yeah, more of a... Yeah, like a...
0: Because as he got older, he got darker, more black.
1: Yeah, so like a dark navy. Yeah. But, yeah. So, anyway, so it's just... I guess it all really depends on, like, the genetic-wise of the mutation. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so technically, Raven could be older.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's see. Where are we at? I'm trying to... So, they... They had the conversation. They're shipping out the prototype Sentinels, which are five, right? Uh, one,
1: two, three, four, five. Yeah.
0: And they were... Yeah, because Azazel was a half-demon. That's another... Well, Azazel was, like... Full-demon. Full-demon,
1: yeah. Te- technicalities. But um.
0: Sure. But anyway, so... Which, when we get to Apocalypse... A lot more is going to be explained. I love it.
2: I love apocalypse. I love it.
0: But anyway, um, so they're shipping out for a showing, basically. Yeah. Of these Sentinels. Now, these Sentinels are not what you see in the beginning. Obviously, they're the first draft, and they're based on aircraft and uh, aluminum versus actual metal.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And They're like, what, what did Tress said? They were like spaceship yeah, fiber? Yeah. Or whatever.
0: And they have freaking jet engines in their chest to fly around on. Yeah. That's hilarious. That
1: is hilarious. Kill his brother and his sister. Yes. But yeah, and then like Eric is there watching them being loaded up on the train and
0: And I think that's what... Because he separated himself again. uh, Eric separated himself again from everybody. Yep. And I think seeing that and obviously realizing he can't control them directly sets him on that evil path of Magneto again. Yeah. And that is... That is... um, Well, I say evil, but that more... Yeah, pro mutant anti human aspect.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, during all this, um, everybody else is trying to come up with a plan because not only is Eric separated, so as Raven has separated again. Yeah, she's still on the path that she wants to kill Trask. Yes, and. So, the next step is the meeting or the showing of the Sentinels during a uh, White House expose, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll call it that because that's as close as we're going to get to it.
0: Now, up to this point, um, obviously, Charles has realized, hey, I need to stop taking this because we need my mental abilities. Right. So, he's detoxing and it's flashing back and forth between the future and the past um talk showing how at the current moment in time um they're being attacked by a massive sentinel army
1: oh huge
0: like thousands of sentinels are starting to approach on their location in the Tibetan mountains cuz they were China. in yeah Tibet yeah it, it, it was, it was up in the Tibetan mountains of yeah. China, the there region, and they were in an old, like, castle of sorts.
1: Like a monastery, I guess? Yeah. Something like that.
0: And so they're kind of flashing back and forth. Well, then they go back to the past, and Magneto shows up in his beautiful red or dark red outfit. So his movie rendition of his animated outfit. Yeah, and it's a it's more of a stone helmet, so kind of like what he but it's war torn yeah. instead of this metal helmet that he that we, we see in the older movies.
1: Yeah, that we saw because at the end of First Class, it's more towards his comic book
0: mm-hmm. colors, colors, like red and purple,
1: and the little uh, emblem that was on top of the helmet because
0: too. of dipshit.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: But that got knocked off during that battle.
1: Yeah, what I'm guessing. Um, no.
0: No, deaf Girl, we've had these for f- about a month now.
1: I was about to say, I was like, I was about, I was about to say, uh-oh, something happened?
0: Yeah, it was about <laughs> three episodes ago. Mm, I've just been yeah. able to fine-tune them is all.
1: Yeah. Work out the kinks.
0: So... If I leave this in, those of you in audio land, uh, one of our chatters in the uh, Twitch live recording was asking, did we get new mics? And I was like, no, we didn't. We just, I. it's been a few weeks.
1: I got confused because I thought something, it sounds better for some odd reason. Okay. So I was like, oh no. Well, you're also,
0: you've also listened to a few episodes behind, so I haven't given you the new, new, it's, it's been a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're a few episodes behind.
2: Your life is hard.
0: Um, all right, so Magneto drops into a baseball stadium and picks up the whole fucking stadium.
1: Robert F. Kennedy Memorial Stadium. Yeah. There we go.
0: So this is... He just fucking picks it up?
1: You do that one time and you're marked for it for life.
0: Yeah, we're. I'm gonna make a T-shirt that's just gonna be you holding a mic and going.
1: (laughs) I love that. Would be great.
0: And I'm gonna do that exact face, but with yours.
1: I am not making that face.
0: No, you forget. I got the VOD. By the way, if you want to watch that face, go to the YouTube channel Mad. MHP, group therapy, and watch her do that. I think that was during uh, movie four.
1: Yeah, I think so. But
0: you'll see Jordan with the HyperX microphone with the top mute button, the tap on, tap off. It was fucking hilarious. Right there at the beginning of the of the VOD or the video, it's, it's when Jordan's doing that. That was great. And then I'm an idiot and turned down my... Volume, because I thought I was too loud. And, yeah, so everybody (laughs) can barely hear me throughout the rest of the video. Mistakes were made.
1: It's okay. It's a work in progress.
0: So, anyway, picks up the whole stadium and carries it over to the White House and drops it down on top of everybody, effectively capturing or uh, containing people. Right. Um, but during that process, of course, uh, Ravens already tried to kill them or kill the president slash Trask during the ceremony, mm-hmm. and they've escaped to a bunker. Which, a funny enough,
1: metal bunker,
0: metal and steel bunker, like a steel bunker.
1: Which I found the iron because I pointed that I was like. Oh, they're going into a metal bunker. The irony.
0: (laughs) And then, of course, Magneto pulls it up out of the fucking ground and sets it on the ground. And and
1: just yeets the door and, like, part of the wall.
0: Off. Off. Off, (laughs) fa-fa.
1: And then, because a little bit before that, Raven had managed to get into the bunker And the only reason why they knew she was there is because Trask had this device that could
0: detect
1: detect mutants. And so everyone, you know, pulls out their guns and the guns fly to the roof because Magneto is in the process of pulling it up out of the, the bunker out of the ground. Which gives her time to go after Stryker because Stryker had
0: the only glass gun in there. Exactly. Because while they were being pulled out of the ground, he pulls out his glass gun and is trying to shoot her, but in the nonsense of being shifted around, um, she was able to elude for a time. Yep. And I think when they pulled off, when he pulled off the door, when they grounded it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. She ended up being rep our Nixon. Yeah. She She doubled as Nixon.
1: Because because ev- when you see Nixon walking out, everyone looks to looks the real at, one. Looks to the real one like, wait, hold up. And they all just like turn and look and see him there. And then like you see basically a mutant protecting
0: the actual president because she wasn't there to kill Nixon. She wasn't there to hurt anybody else, but Trask. Right. But Magneto was threatening the president.
1: All of them. Yeah.
0: So she stood in and protected Nixon or the president. And that's what made everybody change their minds kind of. Right. But the problem was, is the one thing that was tying all this to make it, uh stick to the future was logan well during the battle before he pulled up the vault he sent logan flying into the river covered in rebar like rebar all throughout his body so he's sitting there drowning yeah in the river Now, of course, it's Logan. He can't Mm die-die, but... Well, he can die, but he can come back, and we found that out in The Wolverine when he pulled the bug off his heart. Yeah. He died, but, of course, he regenerated because of his ability. Right. But um, before he passes out, because he's sitting there drowning very slowly, apparently.
2: Yeah.
0: um, All this other stuff is going on, Mm -hmm. and... When they flash to the future, while he's drowning and in pain from all that and his conscious being transferred, he ends up stabbing Kitty. Was that before? It was during that portion of it.
1: I thought that was before.
0: No, it was during. Oh, okay. He did have another part where he was in pain that his claws came back out. Right, okay. but he was able to. He was able to remember, think happy thoughts, and they went away. But that it was and they strapped him down too. They ended up strapping him down, but between the pain of the rebar and the drowning, he broke the straps and ended up stabbing her. Yeah. Um, now it wasn't vital organs, so she was slowly bleeding out in this process.
1: Right, and she couldn't hold on uh, for much longer. But they needed. They needed more time.
0: Yeah. And when, um, when he got down there, or he's down there drowning, they're up there fighting, and what's happening is it's trying, at this point they're trying to convince Magneto not to kill.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because that's what's going to set it in motion to keep going the way it's going. Mm-hmm. Where she's now fighting for the... Between her, Charles, and Magneto are the three main parts of this conversation on not to kill. Yeah. It's her to... It's Raven to Eric not to kill everybody. Yeah. And then it's Charles to Raven not to kill Trask.
1: Yeah, because he takes, quote-unquote, the place of Trask in Raven's head. Yes. Because at this point, she took, I think it was Stryker's gun she had. Yeah, and she ended shot, up getting it. Yeah, she ended up getting it, shooting Eric in the neck, just enough to knock him down, because he makes a comment of, you are, always, you are a better shot, and she goes, I still am, which just proves she didn't want to kill Eric just to, stop him from what he's doing. And so...
0: And he's already... He's still pinned, or he's pinned underneath uh, some of the structure from the... Charles's, yeah. Yeah, Charles is, is there.
1: Yeah. So when all that goes on, after... Because we see Mystique actually use her flexibility, her fluid movement that we see in the older movies. hmm And so once she knocks down Eric, she turns around with a gun in the hand and points it straight at Trask everyone basically like parts like the Red Sea and just like moves out of the way. And then in turn, we see Charles, you know, trying to convince
2: project her, himself,
1: project himself and try and can try to convince her not to kill, him. not to kill.
0: Cause now it's back on her again. Now that they've subdued Eric. Right. And <clears throat> during all this, of course it's a dilemma. They got to have it for the drama effect. Yeah. Um, which in, it really only happens in the span, that whole scene technically only happens in the span of like three minutes. Yeah. Max. Um, and eventually she puts down the gun. I think Eric flies off.
1: Yeah, because they he knows that if he stays, he's, he's basically dead.
0: Yeah, one way or the other.
1: Yeah, because technically he's already killed the president. Yeah. Though technically he didn't. To well, he wasn't trying to. Well, there it
0: wasn't clear in this movie. In this movie, now the the apocalypse. comic books talk about it more or in depth of what actually happened. I think it's um, mentioned in apocalypse. I, I think it is mentioned in apocalypse, uh, but it's still not exact. It's the accusation of him killing, right? Um, and
1: so he flies off.
0: Does after, yeah, he goes away.
1: After well, after Mystique takes off the helmet. Let's let's be clear. Yes. yeah, at this point he's still wearing the helmet. So after Mystique drops the gun and starts to walk away, Mystique, you know, takes off Eric's helmet so that way Charles can take control over him. control him. So basically all he really does is use Eric to move the structure metal structure that is on top of him. Yeah. And then Cause, that's when...
0: Because Hank can't get it. He tried. Because
1: him. he had injected himself with, like, five syringes worth of serum because the Sentinel was on top of him. Yeah. So, after all that, Eric flies off. Um, Mystique walks away once again. And the future is changed.
0: And then, of course, well... It was about to not be, but Logan held on long enough in that his conscious, he held on to his conscious long enough before he passed out that it was set in stone. The Sentinels in the future had already broken through the masses after killing Storm, uh, Colossus, Colossus, Ice, Sunspot, Bishop, because Bishop was one of the last ones, and then it was... They went ham
1: on her, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then Warpath.
0: Warpath. He was one of the first ones to die in the future version.
1: Colossus was the first one. They tore him in two. That's right. And then it was Warpath. But anyway, semantics, semantics. Yeah.
0: So the last one, of course, was uh, Magneto uh, dropping everything in front of the doorway. Yeah. He pulled everything wreckage from outside, and he pushed everything from the building in on it so it was a double barrier yeah
1: and then they're working their way through it bobby goes to the door freezes it
0: and stands like he's constantly freezing it. they break through kill him and then it's really just magneto which i don't think they were able to kill him off before it was changed
1: no, they didn't because he's sitting down on the ground and like him and Charles kind of have like a moment, you know, like all this time fighting when we shouldn't have and blah, blah, blah. And so they they have their moment. They recon- like fully, fully reconcile, reconcile with each other. And it's
0: and then it changes right as they're about to destroy everything.
1: Yeah. The last four of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because Kitty was still technically alive, but she was dead one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but and then everything disappears, goes back to normal, and then we flash back to the past where Logan wakes up in the other consciousness, or in the new, new norm, timeline. yeah, the new timeline. Back in the past, or in, in the few, current, in yeah. the current, at the school, um, he's at the school in his room. He walks out. He sees everybody. At this point.
1: Literally everybody.
0: Scott, Storm, Gene, Gene. Hank. So he didn't kill Gene. He has that memory in his head that he killed her. Yeah. And she's alive. I think she was actually the first one he saw. No. It was Storm, Scott.
1: No. no. He walks out of his bedroom and he first sees Bobby. Okay. Because at this moment... Okay, so before the timeline changed, Bobby and Kitty were together. Yes. Yes. So once it
0: ch- and Rogue comes back. That's yeah. right. So this was the com- last appearance of Rogue.
1: Right. So when he sees Bobby, Rogue makes a slight appearance of them holding hands. Blah blah blah. So he's walking down, and he sees Storm with some students, and then Hank walks down in a suit, all blue.
0: Yep. He stays in his beastly form,
1: and he says, "You know, hello, Logan. Star enough late, aren't we?" And then he walks further into the school and sees Gene, long red hair, perfectly healthy, and he can't believe it. So he goes to touch her, and then out comes a hand right on his wrist. And he, Scott. And then there's Scott in some really not cool-looking glasses. Like Yeah, they,
0: they were the modern Oakleys now with the red tint lens. Yeah.
1: And so, like, and he goes, some things, and Logan goes, some things never change. And, like, Jean's like, concerned because Logan's, like, in awe that he's seeing them because he's never nice to Scott. And he goes, it's good to see you, Scott.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's
1: just like, are you okay? Are you Are you good?
0: Yeah, like, she's <laughs> not, she's still using her non-intrusive, trying to figure out, okay, I want to figure out what's going on, but I don't want to be intrusive.
1: Yeah. So then... You know, he convinces her I'm fine. She leaves and goes up, and then he walks up to the professor who is alive because
0: and obviously knows what happened.
1: No, he did, actually he didn't realize it
0: at first. At
1: first, because he's like you know, once you know we you know uh, when Logan walks in, he says you know we did it, and he's professor goes did what and. And he goes, shouldn't you be teaching a history class? And Logan's like, history? And it's like, I might need a little help with that. You know, from 1973. And then it clicks for Charles that...
0: Oh, yeah. We,
1: you know, it's like... Oh God, I can't remember what he said, but... He, go, he basically says, we need to have a long conversation. Mm-hmm. So, but that was... And then it goes... Back to the past.
0: Yes, where Raven pulls him out of the river.
1: I wish they kind of explained that a bit
0: more. So, what it was is it was going back to explain how it became solid because he survived. Right. He had to survive for it to be set in stone. Right. So, that was what the explanation oh. was is.
1: Okay, so it was Raven posed as striker
0: yeah and pulled striker's team to ex basically excavate Logan's body out of and when he was on in the air of course he regenerated right because he was no longer restricted of life yeah so he regenerated and but still with the rebar in him
1: which they all pulled out
0: eventually yes and it was set back to the timeline where well not saying reset, but it was back on the timeline where in the eighties the real Stryker gave him the animanium.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Because Stryker lived. Yep. So he was able to continue that.
1: Right. And then they, and apparently there is a post credit scene that
0: yes. didn't
1: see which sets up for Apocalypse.
0: So, they're in ancient Egypt in the post-credit scene. I've seen this one before. I haven't seen it. So, they're in ancient Egypt, and we'll watch it before you leave. Okay. But, um, and they're talking about the pyramids and how there's ties to the past and the four horsemen at the altar. Okay. Because they're doing a transfer. Right. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So basically, leading up to the beginning of the apocalypse movie. Yes, like in the very beginning. Correct. Okay. Okay. All right. All right.
0: So, and that's the movie.
1: Got to do that fast.
0: Yeah, only an hour and a half. So we'll run through some quick uh, trivia. <laughs>
1: No, no, it cannot. For our audio listeners, I got a question, and let's just say the answer is no.
0: Yeah. Um, By the way, uh, thank you for everybody who's listening. Um, We do appreciate it. We also have viewers on our Twitch channel. Um, We do this, hopefully, we can continue it regularly during Wednesday nights.
1: Mm, Not next Wednesday, and I'll tell you why off.
0: Well, I'll, I'll... so next week for Twitch, I'll be going back over some Star Trek stuff. Yeah. So I'll go back into Star Trek, and we'll kind of talk about that next week. But fun facts. So it says at the around the 18-minute mark, i.e. when Logan goes back in time, yeah. his consciousness goes back, uh, it was scripted that he would show up in boxer shorts. So 1970s boxer shorts. But Hugh Jackman, being an Australian... I love it. Vetoed this. He said, no, nah, we ain't doing that. Because in Australia, if you're next to a really good-looking girl, you're going going—you're not going to be in boxer shorts or even briefs or anything at all. So I that's mean, when he was naked and showed his ass when he went back.
1: It was kind of funny because um, Baby Mama made a, asked if, said, like, this is probably the first movie we've seen him without a shirt. And I'm like, no, no, there was a scene.
0: There's been plenty of you, shit you,
1: you, you missed it. <laughs> and then she goes in, and I was like, "Yeah, he was he was butt ass naked." Butt ass naked,
0: <laughs> literally butt ass naked.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, filmmakers selected the Days of Future Past storyline, uh, which this was um, what we'll, what we were talking about in a previous movie, leading up between the origins and the Days of Future Past kind of merging with um, First Class.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the storyline, it would allow the filmmakers to reconcile any continually... I can never say these words. Were. ...dissonance with the X-Men film franchise. Yeah. The time travel element also allowed actors and actresses from the first three films and... The first class, or so the old cast and the new cl- cast, to mm-hmm. appear in the same movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it was because of that joining of timelines or storylines, is where they were all allowing for this. Because in the comic books, the Days of Future Past was talking about time travel. Right. Um.
1: Oh, I brought that up too. Which one? Uh, The last one. Uh, According to Peter Dinklage, um, who played Dr. Trask, uh, Brian Singer picked him to play Bolivar Trask because of his height, stating, with my dwarfism, I'm a bit of a mutant. I can't move metal or anything, but I thought of it as self-loathing deep down, Trask is a, quite sensitive about the aspect of himself, and I brought that up because I said yeah. he's kind of a mutant himself because of the dwarfism, dwarfism gene. And all.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty cool because I mean, Trask was a normal-sized human. He had a different mute mutant, mutation mutation that in the ser- in the comic book series. That wasn't dwarfism, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Bishop was, or is the first mutant, mutant Kitty Pride sends through time. This is a homage to Bishop being a frequent time traveler in the comics. Right. Outside of uh, Cable right. being the actual time traveler in the Marvel Universe. Um, Bishop was also a frequent uh, time traveler.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If you see, some just fucking say it. Oh, Brian Singer filmed Quicksilver scenes in a special format of 3,600 frames per second. This means that Quicksilver moved 150 times faster than normal. The camera was used to record close-ups and movements of.
1: Evan Peters.
0: Thank you. As well as the guards, he beat. So when he, when Dang. we're, the kitchen scene, that was shot at 150 times the normal speed. But shot in real time, but the frame rate.
1: That's good.
0: That's crazy,
1: though.
0: Great. Uh. let's see. So, the original Days of Future Past comic mentioned time travel from the year 2013, the same year in which filming began. In this movie, the future action is implied to take place in 2023.
1: A year from now.
0: A year from now.
1: That would be insane.
0: It's fucking crazy that this stuff is, like, here, like that. Right? Um, yeah. So, obviously, they CGI'd Quicksilver into those extra slow-mo scenes. Yeah. Ah, uh, here we go. Here's one from the opening scene. Uh, at the beginning... As the mutants and humans march down the corridor, a quick glimpse is shown of the older Quicksilver from behind. He is uh, directly in the center of the frame and is easy to spot with the same style hair as his younger self. I did not notice that. I, I noticed the other one, but I n- I've never noticed that one. I
1: that either because his hair is it's pretty obvious.
0: Yeah, it's like a bright gray.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't see that.
0: I didn't either. I'm going to have to go back and look at that one. Right? Uh, uh, Halle Berry's role as Storm was uh, had to be uh, substantially reduced due to her pregnancy at the time. Huh. And if you notice, most of the shots close-ups of her Or from the chest up.
1: Yeah, except for when she goes, like, she does the distraction Mm -hmm. towards the end.
0: But I think that was all CGI.
1: It could have been, yeah.
0: Although Anna Paquin's uh, screen time is only three seconds, she had no lines, and she's still one of the top-billed cast members during the ending credits. The extended cut of the movie, however, restores a subplot in which she features prominently as and has therefore been dubbed the Rogue Cut. Huh. So there's a whole nother movie that actually has Rogue in this movie.
1: Could you imagine if the Sentinels had Rogue's power, though?
0: <sighs> well, it's that's top technically top. what she... Because that's what she does; she sucks up their power,
1: and basically their life. So, could you imagine? Okay, so top that off with Jason's power, Mystique's power, and Rogue's power all together.
0: Oh, and and Charles, there would be no fighting. There,
1: there, there would be nothing. There would be nothing, and that's just like, oh my gosh!
0: And this was also the first X Men movie at this point, by this point, to ever receive an Oscar or be nominated for an Oscar.
1: Best visual effects.
0: And this was movie six, seven, six.
1: I mean, they did they did good in this one. Oh, yeah. They did really good.
0: Uh, this is the sixth time Sir Patrick Stewart appeared in an X-Men movie. Uh, he was uncredited appearance in Origins and appeared in the Wolverine credit scenes. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, leading up to this yeah. one. Uh, The only X-Men movie he wasn't involved in up to this movie was First Class. Right. But, of course, Logan was. Yeah. So that's when uh, Hugh Jackman beat out uh, Sir Patrick Stewart as the most recurring role. Yeah. And he took the world record for it at that point. Yeah. Uh, for her role as Mystique, Jennifer Lawrence wore a special bodysuit. She had previously worn bodysuit prosthetics in first class, but found that it was too uncomfortable.
1: Uh you know, that would that would kind of explain why we don't see her movements like the old movies in first class. That would explain it because that's too uncomfortable, she wouldn't be able
0: to, like, move. Well, I think in the first one, it was just pieces, like, over certain areas. And then the speckled pieces throughout. And if she moved too much, they'd fall off. But with the bodysuit, they wouldn't fall off.
1: I'm glad that they chose something different because we got to see Mystique as Mystique, Mystique in with the new cast.
0: Yeah, very um, acrobatic in her movements. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Of,
1: wait, what?
0: Talking about this one?
1: No, at around one minute, an older version of Ink is who you pointed out. The Ink, there Inc. we go. is visible in the mutant interminant camp scene early in the movie, which you pointed out, which we saw. He's accompanied by an older version of Sabretooth.
0: Of Sabertooth. Sabertooth. The fuck? How did I miss that one? I'm
1: trying to figure out. Well, because think about it. The last movie that we saw, Sabretooth...
2: Was it was, he looks Origins.
1: Yeah, but, he, you know, he had the sideburns, the short ha- short brown hair. Now, we go to the older movies, he looks more like his comic book version.
0: Yeah. So, very when Very burly. We,
1: you know, the hair, you know. So, when we're looking, we're thinking of Origins, not... Because he could look like more of his...
0: Burly self.
1: Yeah. Damn. So that would explain... I have to, like, look back at this. Yeah. I'm just saying, because, like, holy crap.
0: Evan Peters described Quicksilver as someone who talks quick, moves quick. Everything else is very slow compared to him. Or, yeah, compared to him. It's like he always, he's always at the ATM waiting for the dude in front of him to finish. (laughs) That's hilarious. I like that. There was a life-size sentinel, um... Built for the movie, so oh,
1: I think it. I think it was the one, the
0: two-story sentinels with the jet engine chests.
1: I think that was the one that we saw loaded up.
0: Like, yeah, I think. Well, yeah, because it looked real. It didn't look CGI like the rest yeah, of I them.
1: Think that one was the one that was being loaded up.
0: Wow. At around seventeen minutes, Logan's 1973 apartment is colored in shades of yellow and brown. Wolverine's prominent. Uniform colors. The apartment is also decorated with samurai swords. And a photo of Mount Fuji. This pays homage to the Wolverine in 2013, which he just finished filming. It was just released huh. right before when they started filming this.
1: See, I didn't put that together because on it's the 70s. Like, yeah. those colors were... Everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. But uh, where he was prisoned in war in Japan in 1945 and went back to Japan in the present day. Hmm. Huh. Oh, look, they, they changed it.
1: Oh, well, that's good.
0: So uh, this next one, shooting, went on under the working title Hello Kitty. This refers to X-Men member Kitty Pride Ellen Page, which they corrected to Elliot Page, in parentheses.
1: Yeah.
0: Huh. That's cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, let's see. The dissertation from which Trask reads during his Senate committee hearing. so when he's in front of the Senate doing his initial uh, proposal for the Sentinel program, mm-hmm. uh, which outlines the emergence of Homo sapiens led to the extinction of the lesser evolved Neanderthal ancestors was written by Charles Xavier and was partially read to Raven in X-Men first class.
1: Yeah. Cause that's when he's reading to her and then it like skips over to Eric when he goes to Paris to that bank.
0: Hmm. A romantic subplot between storm and Wolverine in the future was Filmed but cut due to runtime.
1: I actually would have liked to see that. That would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Oh. Stan Lee was offered a cameo but opted out so he could attend the fan expo in Canada in Toronto.
2: Aw.
1: That's so nice of him. Ugh. This is the first X-Men movie where Professor X wears something other than his trademark suit. Brian Singer felt it wouldn't work for the professor to have a suit in an apocalyptic future, which makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah. Good God, how many freaking things did you send me? Oh, disgusting. Deleted scenes with commentary, the kitchen scene,
1: the whiplash scene,
0: yeah, and then the whiplash scene. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have time to watch those this go around, but maybe in another stream.
1: The one with, that one with deleted scene, (laughs) I
0: Let's see. Oh, here we go. Uh, during the rescue scene, Quicksilver asks Magneto, "Do you know karate?" Where uh, Michael Fassbender replies, "I don't know karate, but I know crazy." This is a James Brown lyric in his early in in his early nineteen seventies hit song, "The Payback." The song featured prominently in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels in 1998, a movie where Matthew Vaughn produced and which Jason Fleming, Zazel, appeared.
2: Aww.
1: You know, that's kind of something that they were able to catch as Zazel.
0: So, Moon, what are you talking about as far as the beginning of the deleted scene? God damn it, you're going to make me look at this.
1: Yeah, pretty much. (sighs) I'm just like, yeah, pretty much. For Jordan.
0: Farewell Farewell to to Logan. Logan.
2: Once you wake
1: up, whatever you've done to the past will take hold and become history.
2: A new history that you won't know. You'll be the only one who remembers this world, this war, and that's all you will remember. You'll be a stranger in a strange land, my friend. Well, that wouldn't be the first time.
1: That is true. How long do
2: I have in the
1: past? I don't know. I've never sent someone back this far.
2: As long as i can or until
0: the find us <laughs> they always do. No. so i want to start out that wasn't um, blink that said that in the actual movie what? that was bobby that said they always find us
1: no blink did say it too
0: she did yeah i swear it was bobby that said it last in that particular setup Oh, this is the love scene. Oh. I make it, if I make
2: it back, I'm the only one who's going to remember any
0: of this, right?
1: And I won't
0: have to miss you. Oh. Oh. Damn.
1: Hello. All
0: right. So uh, go find that one. Hello. All right. Giggity. I
1: wish they kept that. Oh, no
0: shit. That
1: would have made... Oh, man. That would have made him seeing Storm, like, so much more. Mm-hmm. Oh. I hate it when they take out scenes.
0: So, during Magneto's fight with the presidential guard towards the end of the movie at an hour and a half... Um, there's a painting behind him. The painting is Eugene Delacroix's Liberty Leading the People, made to commemorate the 1830 French Revolution, the symbol of rebellion.
1: That fits. That, that, that fits.
0: Uh, when fighting the Sentinels in the hour 40 mark, Colossus pulls off his super super dive attack, from the Marvel vs. Capcom video game. they gave homage to the video game.
1: I didn't see that.
0: I don't remember it either. I
1: don't, I, don't, I don't remember seeing that.
0: Huh. Evan Peters plays the role of Quicksilver in X-Men and his kick-ass 2010 co-star Aaron Taylor Johnson played the character Quicksilver in Avengers Age of Ultron. I cried. So the quote unquote original Quicksilver and Evan Peters both played and they were also co-stars in Kick-Ass. That's pretty cool. I cried. Uh, The three main female X-Men in the principal cast, Halle Berry, Jennifer Lawrence, and Anna Paquin are all Academy Award winners. The six principal male cast members, Hugh Jackman, Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy, and Sir uh, Sir Ian McKellen, McKellen, and Sir Patrick Stewart, and Peter Dinkley are all Golden Globe nominees. Huh. Jackson Fassbender, McClellan are also Academy Award nominees, and Ellen Page is also an Academy Award nominee. Elliot. Excuse me. <laughs> Angel, Azazel, Riptide, and Emma were originally going to return, but when the filmmakers decided to go with the Days of Future Past story, they had them all killed off.
1: Oh, well, that sucks.
0: The film takes place in two thousand twenty three and January of nineteen seventy three
1: How can it be in the north in January and not snow like
0: oh yeah, they are in d c in, in january DC
1: in January like I'm from maine here, people, so like I know in January there is snow everywhere,
0: yeah, everything above uh Virginia.
1: Yeah, yeah, Virginia up. It is it is snow. And,
0: and it was like 19- spring, some, early summer, yeah. what it looked like.
1: You, you, you don't see that.
2: <laughs> you don't. You anywhere. Don't, you don't see that anywhere. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: Uh, this is the fourth adaptation of Christer Clement's uh, Days of Future Past comic. It had previously been adopted for X Men, the animated series, in 92. X Men and the, or Wolverine and the X Men in two thousand eight, and the superhero squad show.
1: Hmm. Oh wait! According to Simon Kinberg, the mutant scavenger is Nate Gray, the X Man, thus making his first live action appearance. Nate Gray.
0: Where is this at? Uh,
1: right underneath what you just read. So right Nate, here. Yeah, Nate Gray. Like Jean Grey?
0: Oh, the little kid that found in the
1: The, that found the belt, the X Men belt buckle.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm guessing Jean Grey's kid. Uh,
1: I know. K. I know Cable is supposed to be Scott and Jean's kid. I don't know about what. Trask is an anagram of Stark, aka Iron Man. Both make weapons in the Marvel Universe. I didn't put that together until just... Wow. They are sneaky, sneaky people.
0: All right, let's scroll down. Let's get one of the last ones, and then we'll uh, close out and raid somebody. Unlike the majority of the Marvel films in existence, the film, this film is a rarity in comparison to them. Since it doesn't end with a huge action scene like most of the MCU films, instead, it is a relatively smaller and far more dramatic action piece when the Sentinels attack the monastery in the future and Eric attacks the White House in the past.
2: Well, well, well.
0: In the rogue cut... There will be a time, or Charles says there will be a time when they, obviously the X-Men and the Brotherhood, are all together. The closest that his prediction comes is to the battle against Apocalypse in the sequel, which, of course, Logan does not take part in. Nope.
1: Nope, nope, he does not.
0: The movie marks the second time the former U.S. president, Richard Nixon, has been depicted in the comic book movie adaptation. The first was the alternate history DC Comics by Zack Snyder Watchmen. Mm. That's crazy.
1: I know, right? I like Watchmen. Watchmen was a good movie, though. I like that one. During the unveiling of the Sentinels at the climax of the film, when Charles freezes Raven disguised as a Secret Service agent, her pose resembles Sebastian Shaw when he is frozen by Charles in the submarine right before he is killed by Eric in X-Men First Class.
0: I didn't pay attention to that either.
1: Mm, It was, well, Raven was kind of like stuck with like her hand, like reaching for a gun. Whereas Shaw was frozen with his hand outward, reaching for the helmet. So, I mean, I can kind of see it.
0: I thought she was frozen with the gun out. Because she was like, get out of my head.
1: No. she He had just gotten to her as, like, she was about, because she had just said, like, she had just thought, this is for you, mutant brothers and sisters. And she had just about reached for it. Because she had, was, like, in perfect line of sight mm. to Trask.
0: Okay. Well, nifty, nifty. I'd be able to send Jordan a list of Jean Gray's kids.
1: Top ten.
0: <laughs> oh, my.
1: I know some of them. I just don't know all of them. It's been so long since I've actually looked.
0: They fucking like rabbits.
1: Oh, my God, aren't they? Everybody got kids somewhere.
0: Go check us out on YouTube, Twitter, obviously also on Twitch if you're not watching us live when we do our recordings. All of which you can find us by MHP Group Therapy. You can also find myself and Jordan occasionally um, on Twitch. Mine is NLMP,
1: mine is Unreal Style TTV.
0: So go check us out, guys, and we will see y'all some other time. Keep those smiles beaming. We love you and have some fun.